a watershed moment for the game in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast with changes for young players coming through. Yes, welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear from a couple of the Wales women players on their rugby journey coming up. Keep listening for some pretty infectiously uplifting stuff. But we'll start with the race for places on the Wales Tour to South Africa, with a squad being announced next Tuesday. Which makes this weekend the last opportunity to impress, all with the backdrop of ongoing discussions about how best to run the professional game in Wales. The derby between the Dragons and Cardiff is the main game of the weekend from a Welsh point of view. Cardiff coach Ty Young had plenty to get his teeth into, starting with the challenge at Rodney Parade. Well, we know it's um, obviously one of the biggest games of the season. It's something that they look forward to. It's something that at the start of the year, they look at where that sits in the calendar. It's a big game for them, but it, it shouldn't be no less a big game for us. We know that obviously we're going to have to play to a real high level so many at our best you know, to get this result. They haven't won a home in the league this year. I mean, you possibly haven't won away. Something going to give this Friday? Unless we get a draw, probably, yeah. But... Um, there's two teams that want to uh, want to get this result on the weekend. So and what we hope as well, it's a good game of rugby. I think that's important. And we've got a responsibility, uh, both teams, to continue playing and hopefully playing some entertaining rugby, exciting rugby too. So, you know, everybody enjoys the game. The result is obviously important to, to both camps, but uh, just as important to, you know, to make sure that it's a good game. And out of the guys you you probably won't see the rest of the season, the likes of maybe Thomas Williams, Josh Adams and Willis Halaholo, I'm thinking of, will they be available for the summer for a Wayne Pivak day, do you think? Well, definitely not Willis, but Josh and Thomas, really, it's touch and go. Obviously, they're not available for the next two games for us. I'm sure the Welsh management will, will pick up with our medical team in a couple of weeks' time to see where they are. They're definitely not ruled out. But it certainly is touch and go how they respond to early stages of rehab over the next couple of weeks. A lot of stuff going on off the field. Have you had to speak to the squad about things, you know, external noise, just to reassure guys about things that are happening that are outside their control? You know, I have obviously spoken to the squad. Only thing that I've said is at this moment in time, certainly myself, I'm not part of any discussions. I've got no influence on anything that moves forward. What we've got to do is just do our job. And it would be appropriate for me to, to say anything and discuss anything that I don't know about. I guess you were at Cardiff in 2004 when the, the Warriors well ended, really. And then you saw what that was like. And I guess you've seen it in, in rugby, not just in Wales, but is it just the nature of professional sport? You go through these periods of, sort of uncertainty. And we've all said we need change, haven't we? And I guess the change being talked about. It is a difficult time for anybody you know, in any walk of life when their livelihood becomes threatened. So it's always going to be a difficult time, whether you're a rugby player or policeman or anything. It doesn't really matter, does it? Really, I think when your livelihood becomes threatened, it's always a difficult time. Part and parcel of professional sport is that uncertainty, really, you know, as in you can only live from contract to contract half the time. You know, so you do get a little bit used to the uncertainty of a professional career. So it is uncertainty there and it is part and parcel, but it's always going to be a difficult time, I think, for everybody. But I think we all have to agree. We we all feel there is need for change. What change looks like, 
That's certainly not my decision and that's for other people to look at really. But I think we all have said to a man that things need to change. Rhys Carey, I mean, he's really been excellent the last few weeks. And I guess people have waited for him to get a run of games and a run of form. And it seems to be happening. You must be pleased. I mean, you've, you've seen the progress he's made. What, what do you think has made the difference with him in the last few weeks? Because he does seem to have stepped up another level again. Yeah, I think I think you hit that earlier. You know, a bit of a run of, of games, really. And to be fair to him, he's worked hard on his conditioning, worked hard on, on parts of his game. I felt... To be honest, we were starting to show glimpses before he went to the Six Nations. And obviously, he didn't get any game time in the Six Nations, which has happened. And that's, you know, that's not a criticism. That's just how it fell, really. Probably at that time, in an ideal world, carry on playing would have been probably the best thing for Reese. But, you know, at the end of the day, nobody's going to turn down an opportunity to play for Wales and be a part of a Welsh setup. So when he's come back here, he was really keen to get a run of games. And he's had that run of games you now. And I, He's starting to repay some of the faith that a lot of people have got in him, you know, I think. And I do think there's more to come in him. I think it definitely, we talk in Wales about not having big men, but he's a genuine big man. Obviously, he needs to be conditioned well enough that he can carry that weight and be effective, which I think he's starting to show now that he can do that. I thought he scrummaged really well against Francis, against the Ospreys, and he's one of the best about. So I do think he's progressing and showing maturity in his preparation, both on and off the field. So I'm really pleased how he's developing. He's obviously been a pretty special talent from age grade rugby. You know, he's a big guy, carries hard, but his scrummaging has really improved as well, hasn't it? Could you just talk about how hard he's worked in his scrummaging and, and how much he's improved in the more technical aspect of being a prop? Yeah, he's worked really hard with Dwayne because Dwayne's our hands-on forward coach and, you know, he spent a lot of time with one-to-ones with him, video sessions. So he understands what is required now. He's putting in the time in training and starting to reflect in games. You know, we can't forget, these are still quite young men as well. He's been about for a while, but how many games has he actually played? So, you know, the more games he plays, the more experience he gets and, and the better he'll get with it. I do think that the consistency that he's shown certainly over the last sort of six months or so in his preparation. You know, that's not only conditioning, that's preparing himself for the game, knowing his role inside out. He knows there's still things that he can improve on. He's, he knows he can still get better. But I don't think anybody can doubt he's certainly going in the right direction. Spoken about Reese Carey, but Corey Domachowski as well. Um, how impressed have you been with him since you've been back at the club and how much sort of potential has he got as a, as a prop? Obviously, a lot of people would chuck stones at me probably f- for saying this, but everyone highlights certain areas where they think that we need to strengthen. But I do think we've got two youngsters on the loose head in Reese and Corey that can take us to, to the next level. They're only going to get better. The more games they play, the better they get and the more experience. They've got two conscientious guys that want to get better. Are they at the top end of the uh, development? No, they're not. I still think there is an upward curve and they can get better. Corey struggled a little bit this year with putting the games together that Carrie's had probably with little niggly injuries and so on. But I'm really pleased with you know with the two loose heads we got, and and I'm more than happy to keep working with them and on seeing their growth. Both young men, they still got uh, lots of development to go, but I think they're going in the right right area for us. And when you look at the the weaknesses, maybe that have been exposed over the last couple of months, are you sort of happy that you've plugged at least some, if not all? Without a shadow of a doubt, the challenge for us, you know where I, I hear from it, the challenge for us is, is physicality around our front five. 
what we've got to do is get more out of that front five. That's our job. We know where the challenge is, where we've struggled on occasions this season. Nobody's hiding away from that. But we got what we got. And, you know, what we've got to try and do together, that's them and us as coaches, is get more out of that area. Going back to the political stuff, you've been through so many of these over the years. Four head coaches, directors of rugby got together and put some proposals. You've all got representatives on the professional game board through your clubs. Are you confident that those proposals will be part of the process, if you like? We weren't involved in putting forward what we think the future should look like. That wasn't a part of anything we had to do. The task that we had to do was look at our squads, identify areas where we probably would need to strengthen if we wanted to be competitive. That was the direction or the task that we had. We certainly wasn't tasked with making decisions on what the best is for Welsh rugby and how that looks like. You know, we've never been a part of any of them discussions. You went through the Warriors, you went through Wasps going to Coventry, you've been through quite a lot of these. How does this compare? Does it feel as real as some of those or is it it a bit more up in the air? Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because as you said, it, if even if it doesn't affect you, it's always going to affect you. At the minute, we don't seem to be a part of a discussion, but uh, we all feel for each other. The difficulty is everyone to a man have said it needs change. What that looks like, who knows? But unfortunately, nobody likes change, do they? And we all will fight it, certainly if it means that the adverse effect of anything personally or individually or collectively around yourselves. So it's always going to be tough, but the reality is we can't get away from something has to change. I don't think anybody feels that doesn't need to change. You know, I'm not advocating cutting regions or making you know, whatever. That's, that's not my decision, but we all want to be more competitive and we all want to be thriving. How we get there, I'm not quite sure really. It's worth pointing out the PRB statement this week. The PRB is committed to working together to ensure all four regions continue to play important roles in the professional game. We'll meet further over the coming weeks to ensure the strategy protects and grows our game and remain committed to communicating further progress to all as soon as appropriate. But of course, there's still some uncertainty while those discussions are ongoing. So how is it affecting the players? Cardiff scrum half Lloyd Williams is a calm voice in a storm. He started by reflecting on a try-scoring performance in the win over Zebra last weekend. Yeah, it was nice, thanks to Miss Clary. Did all the hard work, really. But um, yeah, it was nice to dart down and uh, contribute to the scoreline. You mentioned Rhys Clary there. He's shown it well over the last uh, month or so. Yeah, he's playing well. He's playing some really good stuff and uh, important to us, especially when he's uh, carrying the way he does. He gets on the front foot. But uh, yeah, no, please for Rhys. He's, uh, he's playing some good stuff. You've played in a few of these games now over the years, Lloyd. Dragons away, closest rivals. What, what does it mean in this match? We understand what the Dragons uh, are about. They've shown against the Scarlets what they can do with the ball and we're very much aware of what the threats they pose. But ultimately, we just want to build on last week's performance and uh, do more of the, the good stuff on Friday. We're very aware we're, we're finishing up in the league and uh, we're not getting away from that. But yeah, in terms of us as a squad, it'd be nice to finish uh, with some wins under our belt. It's been a funny one, isn't it? Because it's been so stop-start with COVID and everything, which people understand in South Africa. It actually feels like it's been a really long season. Does it feel like that to you as well? Yeah, yeah, probably most frustrating and uh, yeah, bizarre season I've, I've ever been involved in. And there are moments that have been tough. And I think us as a squad, we experienced them together. And um, 
yeah, it was tough then to kind of get a bit of momentum in our season, but uh, we're not the only team that went through it. I think I speak for all those teams with you know, frustrating times. And the bizarre season is ending with loads of uncertainty off the field. You've seen so many things since you've been playing Welsh rugby. And what have you, as a group of players, made of all the speculation and uncertainty over the future of the regions in the last week or so? Yeah, it's tough. We've been there before and heard a lot of things, but until things are over the line, um, I think it's fair to say that you know, a lot of it could be speculation. I'm sure uh, the right people are looking into it. And um, yeah, let's hope that it's it's done in everyone's best interest. Do you as players talk about it much or do you sometimes get the, the feeling like that you're kind of wasting your breath and it's best just to wait until you find out something firm and definite? Yeah, we, probably not the right thing. But yeah, we, we do talk about it and it's tough because it's people's jobs, I guess, that people are wondering about. But until things are confirmed, it's tough. To, it's just all speculation and... Um, at the same time, we've, we've got matches that week, so we're kind of looking ahead to them and ahead of all else, really. I guess having the rugby helps to probably take your mind off it a little bit, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, certainly. Yeah, we, I mean, we've got this week's been uh, all about the Dragons, so leave that, that kind of talk for the people about. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. And now on to Wales women, and there's no doubt one of the stories of the Six Nations was the try-scoring return of hooker Kelsey Jones from serious injury, along with her infectious smile. Honestly, absolutely loved it. I don't know what's different this time, but this is probably the most I've ever enjoyed playing my rugby at an international level. So, yeah, it might have something to do with coming back from the injury, but honestly, I'm just feeling so good. The team environment is absolutely amazing. The management we got in place, like. Everything just seems to be slotting into place slowly. And yeah, it's just such a good vibe and I'm loving every minute of it. Did you miss the autumns? Yeah, so um, I had to have a disc replacement in my neck, which is the lovely scar on the front of my neck here. Complete disc replacement, which set me out for three months, which honestly, I feel very lucky to have been able to have such great support from the WRU. Sorted my surgery out straight away and it was just a case of recovering and we're back. So a certain game um, is where it came from and then, yeah, just uh, wear and tear got worse and worse. So we made the decision then that it was right to just get surgery. And how does it feel to come on the pitch as an impact player and cross that try line? I mean, you, your smile is probably the biggest in the Six Nations. <laughs> you can tell what it means to you. 100%. I mean... The tries are just a bonus on top of being able to put that jersey on and wear the two feathers on your chest, you know, like every girl's dream as they're growing up now playing rugby is to be in that Welsh shirt and to be able to live it and experience that and get across, uh, you know, the white line. I have no words for it, honestly. I just feel so honoured and it's just exciting. It's such an exciting year ahead. Yeah, I can't really ask for more. And I mean, most of my tries as a hooker, you know, comes from the back of a ball. So I must pat my, my forwards on the back for getting me over that line as well. Yeah, what a time to be a hooker for Wales, though, with, with that weapon that you've got in that driving line now. You're pretty much guaranteed a try if you throw it straight. Yeah, 100%. That is literally my job. Throw it straight, get it to the jumper, uh, and the rest of the girls put in the hard work. So, Does Kira Bevan and uh, Fionn Lewis ever try and pull it off you at the back of that mall? Or you're not having it? You know, a couple of times. I'll definitely try and keep it in there for as long as I can. <laughs> Until the ref is shouting use it, then then I'll be keeping it in. Or we might have our arm out for a penalty and then I'll say, all right, 
try something, at least you can come back and go for another line out instead. <laughs> yeah. It's just a great time to be a female rugby player at the moment. Records breaking all over the tournament with crowds. What is it like playing in front of a, a sort of 5,000 crowd at, at the Arms Park? It's just so exciting. And what's more exciting for me as well is that the amount of young females that are coming to watch us now. And I think it's so exciting, you know, with, with the talk of contracts coming up and things. Girls can actually look at this and future think, if I want to play rugby, this could be my job, this could be my career. And I think that's what's so exciting is seeing all, all the people in the crowd, like screaming our names, you know, being role models at the end of the day. And actually they can be there one day and it's giving them that belief and just inspiring more girls to play rugby. That honestly, as well as having my family there, that's probably what excites me the most. You played your first rugby game when you were about 17, is that right? Yeah, I was 17. And it's kind of a bit, a bit of a flip, isn't it? So, you know, you, you know, I read you didn't kind of realise there was a women's team, but now look at the state of women's rugby now, really, you know, that you are there and, and everyone kind of knows you can go and play if you want to. Yeah, definitely. And again, I think that's why I have such a big passion for female sport, and especially in Wales. I didn't have them opportunities when I was down in school and, and around my area where I was living. So to have these opportunities now and actually make these girls aware that you can play in at school, you are local clubs, you can play, there's actual competition. It's just so exciting. And the pool of players that we get to choose from then and, and coming through the system, obviously, it's just so exciting. And I mentioned before about, you know, having the professional contracts and the part-time contracts. It's just going to entice it and interest more girls within the sport. And hopefully Club Rugby and Wheels can just go to another level in the next couple of years. And I think that's what's really, really exciting. And yeah, definitely that gives me a passion to make that difference and actually shout as much as I can about women's rugby because I didn't have them opportunities when I was younger rugby 24 7 is it how is it managing the kind of you know the travel and training and canoeing maybe yeah it's tough but I just have such a love and a passion for the game since getting involved when I was 16 17 years old I haven't really known anything else again I just want to make that impact and just create opportunities for girls and and everyone really to get involved in the game is such a special game it's very close to my heart and you know seeing my family grow up within the sport as well I just want to try and make that difference and yeah it is hard to balance but if I didn't have the love and the passion then I definitely wouldn't be doing it <laughs> probably the way you all celebrate a teammate's try is probably a good indication of where you are in terms of environment Honestly, and again, our environment is probably the best it's ever been. I really see this squad as, as my sisters and as my family and the management as well, the way they get involved like never before. It's honestly amazing. I can't preach enough for the environment that we have right now. It's really, really exciting. You know, we've got such a big year ahead. We mentioned contracts, you know, everything is just taking steps in the right direction. And in a couple of years, I'm so excited to see where we are as a squad. You got your first Wales cap at the last World Cup, is that right? So you're hoping to be on your way to New Zealand this year? Definitely, yeah. My first cap against the Black Ferns and they're in our group again. So, um, yeah, very excited. Hopefully, like I say, do what I can this year to put my hand up, get a plane ticket, go to New Zealand and um, get a few more caps in the World Cup. Clearly a passionate rugby person. How come you didn't get the chance to play till you were 17? Where were you brought up? So I was born in Neath Talbot and my dad's always played rugby from a young age. So I grew up going to um, Tona RFC, watching him play. And yeah, I really didn't. I was so naive, actually. Um, there was just no women's teams around. The closest one was Seven Sisters, where that's where I started my journey. So I was up there one day um, and got speaking to coaches and they were saying, oh, we actually have a women's team. And I was like, oh, my gosh, when do you train? Like, what do you do? 
I didn't know if I was going to be any good at it. I mean, I think I played one tournament in my primary school, which was boys and girls. And I think I was the only girl on the team. And I think that was my first ever involvement of like knowing what rugby was. But I didn't actually get playing competitively until until I was 17. Yeah, so I start, I went to Sem Sisters when I was 16. Um, we had no youth set up. We had nothing there. So I would just train with the senior women for skills and just be a part of their team. And then the following year, we decided we'd done a lot of recruitment, worked really hard on getting girls in. And finally, we had our first team. Really exciting. I love telling the story that I made the first ever youth captain for Sem Sisters team. And honestly, I've never looked back since. Great pain the professional players have with that end. But the other thing is so that girls like yourself aren't scrabbling around looking for it, that you have an easy opportunity to get into rugby if you're as passionate as you clearly are. Yeah, definitely. And like I say, those opportunities now are, are, are more and more within the schools, with coaches going into schools and giving them that opportunity. And then outside of school, obviously, there's more clubs, more female opportunities. And that's all we want. And we want to just keep growing that game. Um, but yeah, definitely. It wasn't really an option when I was in school. Um, to see how much is grown from then now, it's, it's just so exciting and um, it can only get better. Flanker Beth Lewis admits the Six Nations campaign had highs and lows. It's been a bit of a, a roller coaster, I guess, for us. At the beginning of the Six Nations, I guess we were on quite the high. And then obviously the last thing I think have maybe brought us a bit down to earth after that, which have been very good experiences for us. And how have you found being in the professional environment this campaign? Are, are your body's tired and sore. Have you have you really been tested like never before? Yeah, no, it's, it's actually been a lot better for obviously not the whole squad, the whole Six Nations squad is in that um privileged position of having contracts and more time uh, but those girls that have have had more time for recovery and the extra analysis where maybe previously we haven't had that opportunity so it's actually been beneficial for us now this year. Has women's rugby ever been in a better place? Definitely not it's um people are always saying it's like such a growing sport but it really is at the minute the amount of crowds that we get in you can see the ripples we create in it's great women's rugby hasn't been in a better place now. Like recently, the, the junior, the under-18s uh, regional stuff has started back up, which has been great. I've been down, watched one of their tournaments um, a few uh, weeks ago, which is great to see them back on the field after COVID stuff. That back row, goodness, that's a tough gig getting into that, isn't it? You must be delighted to have worked your way in. What's it take? Uh, it's a great back row at the minute, and I think at training, it's been great. We're all pushing each other. And I think that's kind of what these contracts have allowed, that greater competition within the group. But yeah, I think it's about your role within the squad, whether you're a starter or a finisher, your job is the same. And that's to put the team in the best place to finish on top or put in a good performance. So but yeah, the back row is a very competitive position, as are a lot of other positions at the minute. And that's just credit to, to us as a group of girls pushing each other on. That's it from this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Plenty more next week, including the Wales squad for the South Africa tour this summer. Until then, goodbye.